0: Nights with Simon Lim on 1FM 91.3 Night Call with Simon Lim
1: Tonight on my show, my special phone-in guest is Dr. Leslie Koh, consultant ENT surgeon from the ENT Specialist Centre. And the topic for this interview, the aging voice. Hi Dr. Koh, welcome to my show. Hi, Simon. Thank you very much for having me on. Very interesting topic. Now, Dr. Kurt, why do some people's voice age with time while others don't? And how does aging actually affect the voice?
2: That's a good question, Simon. So let me first start by saying that everyone's voice will age with time but some individuals, you know, they will compensate or cope with this better than others. So in general, aging can affect the voice through a few mechanisms. As we get older, the vocal cords undergo age-related structural changes, kind of losing elasticity and thickness, and also leading to a change of pitch and reduced vocal range. Hormonal changes are also something which is important. They can affect the vocal cords. A great example of this is when boys hit puberty. The increase in testosterone causes the vocal cords in males to actually thicken, resulting in a deeper voice. Hormonal changes can also affect women, especially in menopause. The decrease in estrogen levels during menopause causes thinning, or rather the medical term is actually atrophy of the vocal cord tissues. This affects the elasticity and the vocal cords ability to vibrate and can lead to a change in pitch or overall voice quality. After the age of 40, we kind of start to lose lots of muscle mass and this happens in the voice box as well. Loss of muscle mass can impact muscles supporting the voice box and this also results in diminished control and strength in voice production. Smokers tend to also have issues with vocal cord damage because the secondhand smoke and all the chemicals inside there can accelerate vocal cord damage and also aging of the voice. Health conditions such as gastroesophageal reflux can also affect the voice. Chronic conditions such as respiratory disease, asthma, chronic obstructive lung disease that impact the respiratory system can also contribute to changes in voice over time.
1: Dr. Cope, the word press bifonia is not commonly known, but I hear it's also known as aging voice. In other words, age related changes that result in voice changes. So, what can you share about press bifonia?
2: Uh, Simon, you're absolutely right. Presbyphonia refers to age-related changes in the voice that occur as a natural part of the aging process. In essence, it is a functional voice disorder associated with aging. A decrease in vocal volume, a possible change in your vocal pitch, Uh, reduced vocal stamina, and also loss of vocal flexibility, so the ability of the individual to hit high or low notes. And these changes can be influenced by factors such as muscle atrophy, weakness of the muscles in the voice box, decreased elasticity of the vocal cords, and also alterations in the lining of the voice box.
1: Does the voice pitch actually differ between men and women? Earlier you did mention about, you know, changes during uh, puberty, right? But what about like in adulthood?
2: So Simon, yes, the voice pitch tends to change with age in both men and women. And like men, during puberty, the testosterone causes a deeper voice. And in females, estrogen, when it decreases as you get older as well, the vocal cords get thinner and you kind of get a deeper voice as well. So in general, both sexes tend to notice some lowering of vocal pitch during middle age.
1: I have plenty of questions for you, Dr Ko. Such an interesting topic, the aging voice. So stay connected to one of them, 91.3, okay?
0: Sure. Nights with Simon Lim on 1FM 91.3. Night Call with Simon Lim.
1: This evening, my special phone-in guest is Dr. Leslie Koh. Now, Dr. Koh is a consultant ENT surgeon from the ENT Specialist Centre, and he's talking about the aging voice. Dr. Koh, earlier we spoke about presbyphonia, known as aging voice. So how is presbyphonia diagnosed?
2: presbyphonia is typically diagnosed through a combination of a thorough medical history, physical examination and sometimes some specialized voice assessments. So in terms of the medical history, we need to find out about your overall health, your vocal habits, what you do for work, whether it involves extensive voice use and what kind of hobbies you have, whether you like to KTV or whether you're yelling at your kids all whole day long. In terms of physical examination, we would generally have a look down the nose and the throat, um, put a little scope down, look at the vocal cords, just make sure that there's nothing going on there. Mm-hmm. We can also do voice assessments. So what voice assessments um, entail is uh, we'll get you to do little tasks like sustained phonation, reading passages, pitch glides from low to high, high to low, just to evaluate the voice. And last of all, we can do something called stroboscopy, which is basically a slow motion video of the voice box and when you're phonating and producing voice, just to assess, give us a proper idea of what's actually going on during the period.
1: And what are some treatment options for presbyphonia?
2: Um, There are a few of them. These may include things like voice therapy where we get speech therapists to work on you. They provide targeted voice therapy to assess some specific issues related to pitch, loudness and vocal quality. All in all, the choice of treatment depends on on the specific characteristics and the needs of the patient. Um, And we work very closely with speech therapists to come up with a treatment plan for respiphonia.
1: In other words, you don't really require anything that's invasive.
2: Uh, In general, when we first see patients, uh, it's all about first evaluation and coming to a diagnosis of presbyphonia. And by and large, treatment is conservative and we work together with a speech therapist.
1: So are there preventive measures to keep our voice younger as we age? You know, to keep the voice in good shape. I mean, will joining a choir or singing in the KTV room help? It's
2: a short question, Simon, and it may definitely boost some KTV room bookings. (laughs) Um, If it does help, yeah. Well, some age-related changes in the voice are inevitable and there are some preventative measures that you can do to try and maintain good vocal health and potentially minimize the impact of aging on the voice. So things like keeping well hydrated, avoiding smoking, limiting alcohol and caffeine, which are really bad at dehydrating you. Another thing that um, we also need is voice rest. So if we've been using our voice, we've been at a concert, we've been yelling, we've been screaming, we've been shouting, we all need a period of voice rest. Just like our muscles need a rest, our voice needs a rest. If you are going to speak for a prolonged period or speak to a large crowd without amplification, it's good to do some vocal warm-ups as well, such as uh, pitch glides and things like that, before going right into it. We, we need to remember that everyone's voice ages differently and definitely all these factors as well as genetic factors
1: play a role and you gave me a, a very good word to remember so my colleagues and I will remember that it's voice rest that's right it's important for you Simon <laughs> of course we use our voice so often you know on the job anyway I've got some more questions right here on my show and tonight I'm talking to Dr. Leslie Koh he's a consultant ENT surgeon from the ENT specialist centre we'll be back in just a bit
0: With Simon Lim
1: On the line with me is my special phone-in guest Dr. Leslie Koh And Dr. Koh is a consultant ENT surgeon From the ENT Specialist Centre And he's talking about the aging voice I think this is such a wonderful topic And everyone can relate to this Okay, so Asha Bosley Is one of the most influential and successful singers In Hindi cinema And when Asha Bosley was in her 70s and 80s Her singing voice was still ageless You know, an evergreen voice so, Dr. Cole, is she an exception or, you know, will most professional singers or some professional singers lose their singing voice as they age?
2: I think everyone, including professional singers, will experience age-related changes in the voice. I don't think that's preventable. What they may experience is like a reduction in vocal range, changes in vocal quality, and some alterations in their stamina and ability to project. But with proper vocal care, regular exercise, and some healthy lifestyle choices, I think uh, many singers can actually sustain their vocal abilities and continue performing at a high level throughout their careers. We have to keep in mind, though, that professional singers often work with vocal coaches, speech therapists, and other experts to develop and maintain good vocal health practices. So before they come out on stage, they do plenty of, they do like a good 10, 20, 30 minutes of vocal warm-ups. They make sure they're hydrated. They've got good breathing techniques. For example, you look at Taylor Swift or even opera singers like Renee Fleming. Mm-hmm. They travel with their vocal coaches or speech therapists wherever they go. And in fact, they are probably the most important people behind the scenes who's for the singer's voice. Whilst ageing can bring about changes, a lot of singers can actually adapt and evolve their singing in such a way to accommodate these changes. The ability to maintain a strong singing voice as one ages is influenced by a combination of many factors. And there are singers who continue to have successful careers like Asha Bosley well into their later years.
1: Mm-hmm. At what age do most people start to lose their vocal range? And is it possible to expand one's high and low vocal range with surgery?
2: Um, I think that the age which individuals may start to experience vocal range can be fairly variable but I would say that most patients will start to notice shifts in their voice around 50 to 60 depending on the amount they use their voice. Some may experience changes earlier or even later. These are usually related to age related changes such as thinning and reduced elasticity in the vocal cords. This actually contributes to the perceived loss of vocal range. When it comes to expanding one's vocal range through surgery, I must tell you that surgery alone is not a common, nor is it guaranteed to actually achieve this. Surgical intervention for the purpose of altering vocal range, I think that's relatively uncommon and is typically reserved for specific medical conditions such as patients who are considering or undergoing gender reassignment. Voice surgeries such as procedures to assess other vocal cord problems other than uh, presbyphonia, things like vocal cord nodules, polyps, or other issues. These surgeries are usually used to improve vocal function rather than to extend vocal range. The success of such surgeries can also vary and there are a lot of potential risks and complications. So in general, I would say that expanding the vocal range is most often achieved through non-surgical methods such as voice training and therapy and surgery is really, really not a recommended option.
1: But if it is really an option, right, what happens after vocal cord surgery?
2: Yeah, so vocal cord surgery can be challenging due to the location of the vocal cords. And as mentioned earlier, we generally do them for things like polyps, cysts, growths, and sometimes even suspected cancers or cancers on the vocal cords. Mm -hmm. Um, After surgery, most patients are advised to rest their voice for at least two weeks. And this doesn't just involve speaking less. Actually, patients are encouraged not to speak at all, to keep completely silent and to communicate via the written word. So sometimes they need to get like a whiteboard and a pen to write just to communicate. And whispering is also forbidden as this strains the vocal cords during the recovery.
1: My special phone-in guest this evening is Dr. Leslie Koh. Dr. Koh is a consultant ENT surgeon from the ENT Specialist Centre. And we'll be back in just a while.
0: Nights with Simon Lim on 1FM 91.3. Night Call with Simon Lynn. Still on the line with me
1: is my special phone-in guest, Dr. Leslie Koh. And Dr. Koh is a consultant ENT surgeon from the ENT Specialist Centre. And Dr. Koh, besides having treatment options for presbyphonia, known as aging voice, what other voice conditions can be addressed at the ENT Specialist Centre?
2: Um, I think the the most common complaint that patients come in with is hoarseness. So hoarseness can be due to many things. You can have growth on the vocal cords, you can have cysts, you can have polyps, you may even have suspected cancers and things like that. So all these are issues that we can address, uh, can diagnose and address at our clinic in addition to breast
1: And this radio show is also about hearing inspirational stories. So who is one person who has inspired you in life?
2: Um, this person, uh, as cliché as it may sound, will have to be my father. He came from a very humble background and his father had this tiny corner provision shop in Tiong Baru. When he was in primary school, I think he was in primary four or five, his father told him, look, you know, I need someone to work in the shop for me. So I'm taking you out of school and you're going to run the shop and that's the end of that. So my father dropped out of school, worked in the provision shop, but unbeknownst to his parents, he actually went to night school. So he did primary school in night school. He did secondary in night school and he was caught by his parents and he was caned and was beaten. And, wow. and my father told me that some of his prized possessions, his superman, comics etc were just burnt so he had a really tough time but he managed to finish night school Through his hard work, determination and perseverance, he got scholarships and he ended up going to Oxford and even to Harvard um, and had a very successful career. So how does he inspire and impact me? I think throughout my life and even now when I'm faced with challenges, when I feel that giving up would be easier than carrying on, I think about what he had to go through at such a young age and Mm -hmm. still wonder how he had the drive, the motivation to carry on in spite of all these obstacles, someone who's just 10, 12 years old you know, in this lackadaisical day and age when it's easier to give up than to try how oh, he just carried on I think whatever I've been through does not even compare remotely to what's been through and that just gives me more courage and more motivation to carry on to try and be as good as him and or even better if possible
1: I take my head off to the Senior Mystico and what is his name? Uh, his name is uh, James, James Cole so hi to Mr. James Co. We're all in awe of you really And thank you so much for sharing this with us You know, about your inspirational person, Dr. Co. Now, what's one life lesson that you can share with my listeners? I mean, it's always good to hear how someone overcame challenges Or gained wisdom from, you know, a certain life experience And everyone has their own experience So share that life lesson with us
2: So Simon, I am by no means experienced in life, but um, I think that um, one should always take a pause to reflect on life and its infinite possibilities. After graduating from medical school, basically I was in a rut. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was bouncing between different rotations and I really felt quite jaded and I thought that medicine was not my calling. But as you can imagine, a medical degree is quite inflexible. Once you have the medical degree, you're kind of limited, almost limited to health, something in healthcare. So I decided that I'd try to explore some alternatives and I did a lot of um, reading on alternative careers for doctors. I even did a mini MBA. And then I actually went for an interview and actually got a job offer with one of the biggest management consulting firms in the world. But when the contract was in front of me and I saw, oh, you know, my pay has like doubled or tripled compared to what I was when I was a doctor. Mm -hmm. I, I was shocked. But I took some time to consider whether, you know, that was actually what I wanted to do. And in the end, I reached the conclusion that money wasn't everything, turned down the job and just carried on. Five years after that, and again, I felt jaded again. You know, I didn't really know whether I wanted to carry on in medicine because most people only see the glamorous side. You know, you see the excitement, you see ER on TV, you see all the fancy cars that doctors drive. But in the truth is, it's actually quite a depressing field to be in nobody, and Simon, nobody comes to see you when they are well. Patients only come to see you when they are sick, some even terminally ill, and it seems that there's no end to just the pain and suffering. So I decided to take a break midway in my training. Basically, it was not looked upon favorably, and I was nearly kicked out of the training program. But I took a year off. I went to Nepal as a volunteer, and I was teaching English to Nepalese children. And in my free time, I was also practicing as a doctor on the side, as like a general practitioner in Kathmandu. And when I saw all these children and how willing they were to share this how little they had in life and how happy they were regardless of how poor the conditions were. It completely just changed my outlook and view with regards to medicine. And I decided that I should stay in a vocation where I can make a difference. Even though it may not be a big difference, I will try my best. And after so many false starts and stops, I mean, I, I finally realized that my true calling is in medicine. I think, you know, we are all under pressure. In Singapore, you know, we are under pressure to perform, pressure to study, pressure to go to a good school, pressure to get a good job, pressure to get married, the list goes on. So if you do have the ability, take the time to stop, reflect, and if possible, take some time off to work through your thoughts, feelings and emotions before making decisions in
1: life. Dr. Leslie Coe, it's been an honour having you as my guest. Thank you very
2: much, Simon. It's my pleasure to
1: be on the show with you. Dr. Leslie Coe is a consultant ENT surgeon from the ENT Specialist Centre.
0: Nights with Simon Lim on 1FM 91.3